You are listening to AnswerCast. Hello and welcome to AnswerCast, a series of insightful conversations with leaders who are shaping the new world with their expertise and passion for technology, innovation, customer experience, global business models, marketing, strategy, and much more. Hi, this is Smita Hemige, Head of Marketing Answer. Thank you, Freedom Dumbo, CTO Flexcar, for coming to our current episode of AnswerCast, where one gets all of their answers. Freedom, can you briefly introduce yourself and Flexcar for our listeners today? Smita, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be on here with you. So, so I am Freedom Dumlau. I'm the Chief Technology Officer at Flexcar, uh, formerly the Chief Technology Officer of Zipcar. Uh, I've worked at places such as Amazon, uh, where I helped to build Alexa. Uh, I worked at a company called LogMeIn, where I helped to build uh, new IoT systems uh, that have uh, since been integrated as part of Google's Cloud IoT platform. And now we're building a uh, brand new product uh, to help change the way people think about car ownership. Great. Welcome to the show today, Freedom. And sounds extremely exciting, uh, you know, listening to all of the cool stuff that you've built over the years. Um, in today's edition of AnswerCast, Freedom and I are talking about how do you nurture your workforce in a digital native organization? So let's get started right away. When it comes to digital transformation, most businesses just focus on technology and new tools that they use to kind of keep up and find new ways that they can appeal to customers or even find a new segment to go back to tap into a customer need. But focusing too much on technology and tasks that come with digital transformation, I think leaves another vital component to successful transitions. And I can think of, and they happen to be the organization's employees. It's your people and your staff who need to be able to use new technology, feel comfortable, and also feel supported in the roles that they're going to be playing. I think the ask is also about how do they come in to be talking about creating agile cross-functional teams who can punch much above their weight as well as create disruption in the marketplace. And what does this mean to an actual employee in the workforce? And I think that's what we're going to be talking today. And without further ado, I'll get started. And my first question to you, Freedom, is we all know one size does not fit all. And we all know that there are various types of individual, you know, in an organization. How should the ideal mix be, you know, for a digital native organization? You know, to me, I think you've got the folks that you have in your organization are are typically going to fall into three categories, the way I, I tend to think about it. And, and oftentimes, uh, the mix you need lines up with where your organization is in their own journey. But the three types of uh, personalities that you need to be thinking about is you're looking for the three I's. You're looking for inventors, you're looking for innovators, and you're looking for iterators. Uh, So each of these folks, each of these people uh, tends to excel in a specific area. Inventors are the people who you want when you're really trying to break new ground or create something that doesn't exist yet. Uh, where the problem hasn't yet been solved. Innovators, you want those folks on your team when you're trying to solve a problem using maybe some technology that your company has already invested in or created, uh, or you're trying to reapply a process, but you're trying to use it in a new innovative way. 
And iterators are folks you need on your team when you found that market fit, you found a product, you found a market fit, but no product survives any length of time without being modified or updated over time. And so you need people who can make those small changes to the product that drive it towards being the best product it can be for your customers. So Typically, you're going to find that mix of folks. And depending on where your business is in its own journey, you're going to need more of one or the other. Earlier on, you should probably invest heavily in finding those inventors, those people who are going to solve big problems quickly uh, and try and fail over and over again until you get to that product. Later on in your journey, people who are comfortable iterating uh, and making those adjustments are going to be really important as well. As a follow-on freedom um, you know, you spoke about the three eyes. How does the three eyes play out at Flexcar? So Flexcar is pretty early on in its journey right now. As, as a fairly young company that was spun out of uh, Zipcar, Flexcar itself is trying to invent right now. So at Flexcar, what we're looking for as we're growing and building this team is people who can deal with a lot of ambiguity, people who are able to see through the clouds of we haven't yet figured this problem out yet and still move uh, what we're building forward. And that comes through in, in our product team. It comes through in our design team and our engineering team, but even all the way into our finance team and our marketing team, because when you're creating something brand new, you really don't know what's going to work until you try it out. And that's that's where we're at in our journey. So we invest heavily right now in inventors. Um, and we're also making some big investments in innovators because some of the technology problems have been solved, but haven't necessarily been applied to the problems that a company like Flexcar faces. So for example, uh, there are lots of uh, telematic systems available on the market today. One of the problems that Flexcar has to solve is how do we deal with telematics when we're putting our car uh, into the hands of our customer and making it their car? That's very different than uh, your typical fleet management solution. So for us, we're constantly trying to learn. And so innovation is, is the second priority for us as we grow. That sounds extremely interesting. And I really like the three eyes. Um, so to take a step further, and we talk about how digital first does not stop with just technology and Flexcar being set up as a digital native or a digital first organization. Instead, we're also talking about how a cultural it, having the right kind of culture um, and you know also creating uh, engineering first mindset is key to ensuring that you're able to cultivate your 3i workforce so what's yeah. your view on this i mean is this does does culture engineering first mindset play a key role or is it just talking about dabbling in cool tech so smitha you know you and i have actually talked about this a little bit before and uh, that gave me a chance to think about this. And I'll say this, being digital first has very little to do with technology. Obviously, you need technology, but technology is available to everyone, right? Like we can all go and buy some technology. We can buy the latest and the greatest and try to roll it out. But if culturally, the way you operate as a, as a company and as a business doesn't embrace the ideals of digital first, you're not going to actually be able to uh, enjoy the kinds of success that, that digital first and digital native companies tend to have. And one of those phrases that you mentioned actually, uh, you know, was uh, engineering first. I actually, I'm a CTO. So what I should say is, yes, engineering first should be what we're thinking about here. I think that's wrong. I think engineering is a key part, but I think the entire company needs to be thinking in that same way where they're using some of the, the technology 
But the focuses need to be on things like there needs to be a focus, a cultural focus on problem solving and that values problem solving, not just by engineers, but by all people at all parts of the organization. The second thing you've got to be able to do is you have to have continuous learning. So one thing that digital first organizations tend to realize is things move and change very quickly. Uh, and when that happens, we need to be able to adapt. And if you're not continuously learning, and that means giving your team uh, the tools that they need to be able to learn whatever is coming up or whatever the latest is, then you're then you're going to fall behind. You also need to have company-wide obsession on your customer. As a company and an organization, you don't make your customer the most important thing you talk about every day. If that's not what you're what you're driving towards is making sure your customers are extremely happy with whatever product or service you're offering, then culturally, uh, the technology isn't going to have an impact. And then last, the technology, what it's really doing for us as a digital first organization is it's giving us the data to make decisions, to make really good uh, decisions very quickly. And so don't just use the technology to operate, but use the technology to learn about how your business is doing, how it's evolving, and what's working and what's not working so you can change quickly. I think those are all the things that you must have besides technology to make digital first work. And my last question for today was, what do you think three things that organizations must look to build if they want to be building high-performing engineering or teams that can actually go and innovate and create a new segment altogether or disrupt the market? Yeah, that's a great question. I, and I think every uh, technology leader is thinking about this all the time as well. So I think the, the top three things for me is, number one is you have to work hard to attract and retain top talent. The people who are actually going to be invested in whatever the problem is that you're trying to solve and really are going to be passionate about solving that problem. They care about the problem. So that is more important than anything else you can do when trying to build a high-performing team. Uh, the second thing is, once you've got people uh, in your organization, you need to foster a culture of innovation, of giving internal and product innovation. And the way you do that is you give teams autonomy. You create cross-functional teams that are capable of solving a problem on their own without having to have all these intra-company dependencies. You have to celebrate when things are delivered. So when something gets shipped, something that you said was going to get done gets done, that's a moment to pause and reflect and say, we did it. We accomplished a goal. Don't let that moment pass. And then the third thing is you've got to give your teams the tools and the resources that they need to do their job. Um, it, you know, you could have the best carpenter in the world, but if they don't have a great hammer, they're going to be a lot slower than they could otherwise be. So give your teams the tools, give them the training, give them the resources. And sometimes resources means the other humans that they need to do the job well. Um, make sure that they are well-equipped and you're going to get the most out of that team as well. So to, I think we had an extremely interesting conversation. And from what I got to understand is culture and engineering mindset, you know, while uh, they are two integral parts, but I think culture is going to be key. And I think that is going to be critical to ensuring that you're able to build the right kind of teams. We're talking about you know, different scenarios looking for the three eyes. It could be the inventor, the innovator, and iterator, depending on where you are in terms of your scale of your business or where you are in terms of the maturity 
Uh, we're also talking about organizations thinking the same way across the organization so that they're all working towards one common goal. I think you made a great point in terms of talking about how organizations should be focused on problem solving and also having a very clear focus around continuous learning so that you're able to create a highly adaptable workforce. This will ensure that there's enough tools, technologies, as well as platforms available for your talent so that they're able to upskill constantly. Another thing that I think differentiates uh, the average from the best of companies is the obsession that they have for uh, being customer first, looking at how they could actually think of various ways that they could better the customer interactions at every stage, um, that the, uh, you know, every interaction that the customer has with their product, service, or platform. And um, and I think the last is about three things. And, you know, Freedom, you made it extremely clear. It's about how do you work hard to attract and retain a passionate, curious talent workforce who give it more than their 100% to work with you and uh, look at, you know, pulling no stops in terms of ensuring that um, they're able to deliver to the larger mandates, uh, fostering a culture of innovation, you're talking about autonomy, you're talking about cross-functional teams, and very importantly, celebrating success and propping each other for what they've been able to deliver. And the last being ensuring that they're extremely, having the right kind of resources. So skills alone will not help them deliver, but it's also about ensuring that you're able to provide them with enough tools and resources so that they can get their job done. I had a great time chatting with you today. Uh, on this episode of AnswerCast. It was a pleasure to host you. Thank you, Frida. Thanks, Samantha. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. Please join us again for an exciting conversation with yet another leader answering the unanswered questions. Follow us on our social channels for the latest updates.